3: Miami Miami, Miami,
1: Miami, 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 it feels like Miami. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Heat Podcast. I'm your host, Carlo Navas. It's your host, Carlo Navas. And with me today is a sad and upset producer and co-founder, Brian Goinsley. Jimmy Beller needs to get his max contract to go around Tragic. <laughs> also joining us today, Brian's on my left. On the bottom, you can see a friend of the show, Heatbeat. Beat. Uh, I don't even know what to call you, Kevin. You're like honorary Heat Beat at this point.
2: Kev Essentially. Okay, Kevin.
1: On the bottom left, you can see our statistician <laughs> and pun master, Nikias Duncan. Hello, hello. So that was not good. Miami... Absolutely fumbles their most critical, important quarter uh, since 2016, probably even before that. I mean, that was a chance to etch themselves into special history. Eric Spolstra would have been, I think, the fourth most winningest conference title coach of all time behind like Steve Kerr, Red Auerbach, Pat, and uh, Phil Jackson, fifth, whatever he would be like tied uh, having having five. Uh, that he would have made the finals in three different decades, uh, 2006, and then the 2010s, and then this one. So Miami left a lot on the table. That third quarter was awful. Uh, I was texting Kevin back and forth. I was like, this is over. Kevin and I have like, uh, we our, our chat, our, our texts during games are just miserable exchanges, uh, absolutely miserable. Um, and I'm sure every he fan out there, we're, we're all kind of feeling this way. Uh, Nikias, I Boston's aggressiveness uh, on the ball I thought was a difference maker in that, and the fact that they're just screening a lot more in the zone. What can you kind of tell us about how they got back into that game, and what makes you kind of feel good about Miami going forward with this information?
3: Uh, It's pretty much what you said. Boston kind of brought a new energy level on the defensive end. Really crowded Miami. Um, there were a lot of shots that came late in the shot clock for Miami just because they couldn't create the advantages that they were getting in the first half. And this is what the third game in a row that Miami has just not been able to get anything going from three, which is a little bit concerning, I would say, because it's already a little – it's already been kind of difficult for them to create those looks for themselves. Um, Boston, you know, trying to help off the guy they want to help off of. Um They've generally done a decent job of tracking like Duncan Robinson over those handoffs. Um, he did shake free, shake free a little bit today but there's still been some hesitancy on Duncan's side. they're kind of pumping out of shots that he could take and it kind of resetting and that's another way that Miami's getting late in the clock on some of these stuff, on some of these possessions. And that's – I mean, that's really what we saw in the third quarter. Boston kind of tightened up, forced Miami to dig deeper into possessions. Goran Dragic bailed them out at, at the end of a lot of possessions in that third quarter, hitting tough shots, hitting threes, getting to the basket. But everything was so much harder for Miami. And then once Boston was able to turn them over a little bit to get some long rebounds off of missed threes, then Boston was able to run and establish a rhythm and it just kind of snowballed from there.
1: I mean, I – That's the best quarter Boston's played. I think maybe the entire playoffs. I mean, I'm not even counting uh, their first round series. That's, that's just, that wasn't even playoff basketball. Get that shit out of here. I thought that was as good as a half as they put together. And I think, you know, this is, this is legitimately the first taste of adversity this heat team has felt. I mean, they played pretty, I mean, that Pacer series, they played from ahead the entire time. They were clearly the better team against Milwaukee. Uh, that game two, I thought was really big for them. And once they once they won game two, they were just in complete control of that series. And then once they won game three, I mean, it was pretty much over. That game four didn't even matter. And and, and Chris Middleton had to have the game of his life. This is a series finally. So they go up, they take a three one lead. That was a huge game four for them. Uh, they played great down the stretch of that one. Tyler Hero, obviously, we know the narratives and everything. How great he's been. Today, they looked in complete control. They come out of this first half. They look absolutely dominant. The Celtics looked like they straight up quit. Kevin, they looked, Celtics looked like dog shit in the beginning of that.
2: They looked like, they looked like the 29 Celtics. They looked,
1: they looked look like they quit. They looked like, you know, Tatum, who had been there and, and when nobody else had, you know, the, these are people that have been in the Eastern Conference, They just looked like they completely rolled over. Miami was completely outplaying them. Yet the lead was never more than like 12 or whatever. Then that third quarter happened. So, I, I think Bam's probably a little hurt too. I mean, Jason Tatum uh, and him. I didn't Jason Tatum like pull his arm off last, uh, game four. What was it, Jason Kev?
2: Olenek? Jason Olenek.
1: Yeah, Jason Olenek. You know, try to try to pull Bam's arm off. Are you, you're not confident at all in the Celtics? You're you're bleeding confidence even as they're winning.
2: See, I'm a little concerned about their defensive matchups. Um, I did find some encouraging results from the zone one. They actually consistently drove into the paint for once. And Tice obviously would look a lot more aggressive. But defensively, I'm still not sure they can check the heat in half court just because their shooters just cause so much chaos. Like, I'm not a huge Jalen Brown fan. And him his defensive lapses is off the ball. I'm not confident in him maintaining this kind of pressure on Duncan and Harrow.
1: He's been forward. good. He was really good today. You can't deny that, Kevin. You can't deny that. He was like he, he, he was,
2: he played in his, he's great when he plays in his role as like an off ball scorer and a cutter. Uh, there were a couple of possessions late this game where he kind of just pulled it out to ISO against band. That kind of made me roll my eyes. But other than that, he was really good tonight.
1: And mean, one for seven Duncan Robinson, three for 11 Andre. o oh for three Jay Crowder. Oh, for six, Jimmy. Oh, for two. Um, Tyler two for five, you know. At least Tyler showed some life. Lenick one for two. Um, they've got nothing from their three point shooters. Absolutely nothing for like two games. I mean, even for, I checked the numbers during the middle of the game in the series. The Heat have had they were shooting forty percent from three. I imagine this is absolutely going to kill their averages. It's been a struggle when Jay's not hitting those shots. There were a couple plays when Jay just absolutely has the ball and doesn't. Um he doesn't know what to do with like he's not shooting the ball he's not doing anything so I'm kind of concerned about that going forward um Brian you look absolutely he had a couple of nice ghost cuts Brian looks so I'm glad that chat can see Brian looks
4: as sad as I've ever seen him in my life I'm like the Eric Bledsoe tweet in like <laughs> in the human flush Can <laughs> you make
1: that your background
4: I don't want to be here <laughs>
1: dude you right you by the way chat brian's like yo i I just wanna i just wanna i just wanna start this live stream already i was like well brian we can't the the game's still going on brian's like no no no, it's over it's over and i was like well brian people are not gonna come to our stream because you know they're watching the game and brian's like, i don't care i don't care yeah chat saying that brian looks like them right now brian speaks for you guys brian are you upset are you
4: angry at them bro they blew a seven point first half lead that's not a lot they still could have fucking kept that game close. I was hoping that at least they would... I, I was kind of expecting them at least keep it close enough in the fourth quarter. And if they fucking lost, oh well. But I didn't expect them to get fucking blown out in the second half the way they just did. They clean with zero energy. That's so, something you don't expect from this Heat team. You've, you've seen them in this playoffs. That, that's the only game they've actually gotten blown out in fucking almost three months. Two and a half months. I will say this. So I'm I, I'm I'm gonna say
1: something. This Heat team, and I've said this a bunch. This Heat team is not a is not the Clippers, right? They are they are not this Clipper team. They're not a team that's gonna roll over and die. They're they're just that's not who they are, right? They're gonna be a team that I guarantee that they're gonna come back for Game Six. They're gonna play as good a game as they have. I don't I can't 100% say that the three point shots are gonna fall, but I know. I know they're going to have a game plan. I know that I know that the Heat are going to have something that they can do offensively and defensively. They're gonna they're gonna kind of mix up their switch coverages. I imagine that they're going to go a little bit less to the zone after the Celtics have finally, after five,
4: I means less zone. they only went to the zone ten times today. Yeah, I mean, because the South, I mean, the Celtics really did a What's good job. What's less than 10, zero? If they go zero, then might as well just go straight to game seven. Is, is it ten times? Yes, that's what uh, Cooper Moore had tweeted.
1: Ooh, man, that little, I mean, you noticed at the end of game five, they were really using a lot of ball screens on that. Um, I, Nikais, are you surprised that they went that little zone? It felt like a lot more.
3: Uh, Yeah, I was kind of expecting them to go to it earlier in the game, but again, Boston came out super flat. Miami played extremely well defensively, came with a lot of energy similar to what we saw from Boston in the third quarter and Boston couldn't establish a rhythm. So I guess there just wasn't a need for Miami to go to zone. Boston also
2: Boston also brought in Hayward early to play Tamek's center. So mm-hmm. with Bam out there, you probably would want to switch a lot more rather than just play zone.
3: Yeah, I think rotations definitely had a good bit to do with it. But uh, once they went to it in the third quarter, like Boston did a much better job of getting into the middle, kind of getting into the paint. Forcing those rotations from Miami, and they just got a lot of easy looks from there. It just it it was I mean, obviously it wasn't a great effort from Miami never. No. Boston just complete Boston really blitzed them in that second half in a way that I did not anticipate.
1: You said they looked shook when we did the second quarter. In the second yeah, like, quarter when we were talking, you said that they look shook.
3: Yes, yeah, it didn't uh in the heat beat chat. Like Boston looked like a team that wasn't prepared to play an elimination game, which was odd. Like you see teams like Miami's holding from three, you see them play hard. It, Boston just looked out of sorts in their quarter in a way that I just did not expect, but they got it together in their third.
1: So Nikias, I know that we have some plays here. Um, do you want to, are you ready to get to those to kind of review some of what happened today? Uh, sure. Let's go. All right, then. We are kicking it to highlights. We love having Nikai's Duncan break down plays live here on our Twitch broadcast. All right, so we're looking here. Nikai's, you want to walk us through this whenever you're ready?
3: Yeah, let's go for it. All right, then. So this was early in the first quarter. Again, uh, Miami locked in on the defensive end. Uh, if you want to rewind it. Um, key here is that Miami wanted to, they they stayed out of mismatch situations. They were going to hunt Duncan Robinson down here to try to get him in the screen and roll. But instead, that's going to be Jimmy Butler that's going to come up. You can play it now. So that turns to two man action there. You can get this dig down from Bam. Another dig from Jimmy Butler is going here, who tries to drive. You can roll it. And you get a turnover there. Again, just a great example of my, how locked in Miami was, not letting Boston mismatch hunt, and then some nice dig and recover principles there to kind of force some tough stuff for Boston in the half court. You can roll it. And this possession, Boston trying to switch. You can roll it back. So, again, attention to the detail, pause it. Enes Enos Canter's in the game at this point, and instead of having him on Kelly Olynyk, which would have opened us some pick-and-pop opportunities, um, they have Enos Canter on and Andrea Badala. Um, obviously don't want to switch with Cancer. That's why he was on Doll to begin with. So Miami kind of goes away from Cancer. They're going to attack this pick-and-roll here. We're going to draw to Kelly Olynyk. Jason Tatum's there. Kelly Olynyk is going to slip, get inside position on Jason Tatum. Great feed there, and then Kelly Olynyk gets a slam out of it. Now we get into the fourth quarter. Miami, again, going into that zone. That's an example of Daniel Tice setting the high screen, kind of getting into the middle of the zone. You can roll it from there. Just finds that soft spot. Daniel Tice did a much better job in the second half of getting aggressive in that zone, nice floater. You generally live with that shot if you're Miami, but, I mean, at this point, they're down eight. They need to get stops, period. So giving Daniel Tice, this kind of open look is not what they want.
1: You know, and I do want to say something about that because that was kind of the shot that the Celtics were giving Bam online and he wasn't able to hit. He was really short on Mm -hmm. a lot of those. And Bam's going to be able to play between that free throw line and restricted area all he wants. Mm -hmm. And I think both teams are going to live with the centers doing that.
4: Uh, Bam just said his quote during his through today. He said, I put this one on me. He said he missed too many shots. He should have hit.
3: It sounds like Bam. I feel like he's kind of low on the list of problems that Heat had tonight. I mean, good for him taking accountability. I think he's He also said
4: he wasn't a defensive anchor. He's supposed to be. He said he felt like he was a step behind all night.
1: I think that, I mean, clearly the shoulders bothering him. I, I don't think he's 100%. Um, mm-hmm. I think that he's, you know, the stat line is going to be good, but being short on all those, on all those like little jumpers and everything that, that that's obviously like an issue for him. And and, and that's not like a recipe for success for them Nikai, I know you had one more um, play to go through. I just kind of wanted to transition. Um, can, can you still see the screen? We're working this out live chat. Can, can you still see? Do I need to uh, uh-huh. let me, let me, let me fix the share window. Oh, we're back, baby. We're back. We're back. All right. We're transitioning back to highlights. Let's go. All right. So this okay. is uh, this is the second Tice play that you sent. Let me see. Up oh, window captures not working. Okay, we're working this out, guys. We're, we're almost there.
3: <laughs> right. uh, I mean, honestly, we don't need. It's just another uh, another example of Daniel Tice kind of attacking the soft spot in the zone, getting in the paint, just wrecking havoc for the Heat. Um, again, just a Daniel Tice was awful in the first half. There's no need to mince words. Um, the few, I mean, the open looks that Miami was able to generate came with attacking him to pick and roll, attacking him in dribble handoff situations. Um, I feel like quite a bit of the 17 points that Duncan Robinson got in that first half was because he was attacking Daniel Tice. He wasn't stepping up on those ball screens, wasn't stepping up on those handoffs, and that was giving Robinson um, a little bit of airspace. And once Boston overcompensated, that's when you saw a few of those drives that Robinson got in the first half. The was thing that- – no, go. I was just going to say this. Second half, Daniel Tyson was more aggressive offensively, especially when Miami went to the zone. Defensively blocked a couple of shots, had some nice rotations, played a little bit more aggressively, didn't quite come to a full trap on handoffs or those pick and rolls, but did play a step higher that also made it tougher for Miami to create open looks. So Jason Tatum was Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown should get the bulk of the credit for Boston's turnaround in the second half. But Daniel Tyson's right up there. So
1: I you know, if if Tice is gonna be the guy to play Bam to a push as we made fun of Dave Dufour for saying and some other guy on the athletic, uh that's that's a big fat that's a big fat L for Miami. Uh I think as Nikai said, like Tice had a much greater impact on the game. Uh I, I do think that there's something there's something probably bothering Bam there. We haven't even gotten into to Jason Tatum's really, really good second half uh i i think that Miami's going to be i think Miami's okay with that uh kev i think that you know when you look at a guy like him you know if he's going to go off like that i think you're fine i think that you you're, you're going to take that i mean he's a guy that that's a you know he's a three level scorer he can shoot the three he can get to the line uh he can kill you off the dribble uh they they put bam on him late and it did help i mean after that third quarter they they put bam on him and he was largely kind of reeled in, but then that open, uh, those corner looks for, for Jalen.
4: I got two more BAM updates before we move on to our next topic. Uh, first one's the quote, another quote from BAM saying after dropping game five, Boston, he said, quote, I play like shit. Bottom line. I put that game on me, not my teammates fault. Not my coaches fault me. And then Spoh when asked about, um, Bam possibly playing hurt, Um, he lasts off the notion and said that Bam is not hurt or favoring his arm.
1: I mean, what are they going to say? I mean, this is a, I mean, we know this organization to be no, no nonsense, no excuse. I'm not like, I just want to remind everybody that like this is normal in a series that the higher seeded team, that's the favorite, you know, playing for their season on the line is going to win this one. Um, I don't think it's I don't think it's a disaster for Miami. Obviously, like listen, we're, we're fans except for Nikias. We're fans. You know, we're hurt. We're <laughs> we're upset. Um, the Celtics. The Celtics are a good team. There are things that I think are promising for Miami. The amount of open looks that they generate. I think Duncan in particular didn't have as hard a time getting open today. I, I think that Tyler as well. They, they just didn't knock those looks down. I think that if you give Spo kind of this much time and information, he's gonna figure that out. You've counted on restaurants all your life. Now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings the food that you've been craving right to your door. Ordering is really easy. Open the DoorDash app, Choose what you want to eat, and the food will be safely delivered outside your door with a new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, the Cheesecake Factory, anything. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery as well. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot, and your food is on the way. Right now, our listeners get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order on $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and use promo code BLUE. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you use the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code BLUEWIRE. Don't forget the code BLUEWIRE, all one word, for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Did someone say playoffs NBA and NHL are playing for gold and our partners bet online have you covered get in on all the action including a new NBA bracket contest with plenty of chances to win MLB season is pushing into fall and there's no shortage of ways to bet with hundreds of odds futures and props so take advantage of the return of sports and remember the casino never closes check it out all day all night Go to betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your welcome bonus. That's betonline.ag promo code BLUEWIRE. Wire. Bet online, your online sportbook experts. Um, it's just hard, and you know, I can sit here and I can, I could say that you know, oh, whatever, Heat and Six. I could do the rah rah thing I did with the Bucks. Uh, this does feel different. I do think that they're going to win the series. I do think that they're not the Clippers and blowing a three-one lead is going to be, you know, pretty cataclysmic. And I just don't think that this team is going to do that. Um, but I'm with you guys. I really wanted to come in here. I wanted to do a pots and pan banging. We had a whole thing planned. We were just going to have hordes of heapy people in this chat. We're going to do like 15 minutes of hard hitting the Kais and Kevin analysis, and we're going to have brass and everybody come in here. Just fucking rah, rah, be happy. So like, you know, this fucking sucks. Um, you know, Brian, there's something that I noticed today. So like, because of COVID, I'm not, I'm not really getting out of the house much, right? I I go to work. I work on construction sites. I largely stay away from people. I pretty much go and I come back, and that's the extent of my life right now. I live with an at risk person at home. Um, So I went for a little drive today. I really needed to get out of the house. I wasn't feeling well. So I just went for a little drive. So I'm on on this road in Coconut Grove, right? I'm I'm kind of passing Kennedy Park. And I see this bus coming on the left side, uh, heading north, right? I'm, I'm heading south. It's heading north. And on the front of the bus, I see Let's go heat, right? And I'm not getting out. So I, I can't really take the temperature of how the city feels about this group of guys, this, this heat team, right? I'm only on Twitter, right? And obviously, everyone on Twitter always cares about the team. I mean, they cared about a fucking Dion Waiters and a song Whiteside team, right? So, you know, uh, Twitter's not a good gauge for how the city feels about it. So when I go out and I start seeing, like, the buses have Let's Go Heat and I start seeing, like, a lot of people, like, I'm driving around Coconut Grove and I'm seeing a lot of people wearing heat jerseys and heat shirts. And I was like, oh, wow, like, this is a thing. Like, people give a shit about this team again. Like, people care. And it became real for me in a way that I had not experienced. Today was a really weird day in that sense. Like, I think there's been a couple games. Like, I'll never forget uh, game five against Oklahoma City. I remember waking up that day. Brian. And I remember thinking, this is a, this is a win. I just, there was no way that they were going to lose that game. You know what I mean? Like there are just some days that you have that and you kind of go around town and you, you feel that.
4: <laughs> I kind of remember supposed- that day because um, I remember I went to parties to buy vuvuzelas and posters to create <laughs> signs for, because I was expecting to go out to like eighth street and, you know, just start honking horns and banging your pots and pans. So yeah, I do remember those days. It's going to be weird because I don't know what what you can really do to celebrate as as a city. But, I mean, this is all to say
1: that, like, I don't even think that we've appreciated this run in the way we should have. It's hard. It's really hard. I don't think we've taken account, like, it's just Kevin and I texting Doob
4: and Gloob about every game. You're laughing and it's true. Our way to fucking celebrate is literally doing these Twitch streams
1: yeah and like they've been fun and it's been great and it's like i i want to be here raw raw i want to get you guys with the culture i want to like i want to say stuff but like you know it, it is what it is like this fu- i'm not gonna lie to you I'm not, I'm not gonna sit here and look in the camera and i'm not gonna tell you that it's okay that's not the shit was embarrassing grant williams grant williams fucking fat ass on the sideline dancing what was that get out of here dude you've never won anything in your life shut up Sit down. You were like minus two hundred for hundred possessions. Get out of here. You're played off the court by like Andre Gudal at center. Like, what the fuck are you?
2: Close so out your Raptors in Game Seven.
4: Man,
2: listen. Why
4: is that there? <laughs> um, All I know is that the Heat neither two All Stars actually play like All Stars, or else they're not winning the series. And the guys, why is Jimmy disappearing for long stretches? That's the thing that like I'm I'm not registering, happening. man. Like, what the fuck? I don't understand. He in, the
2: fucking, first half, like, in the first half, I thought it was over because I'm like, okay, Jimmy f- is finally realizing that he can get consistent penetration every single time if he just works hard on these drives. And then over the course of the game, he just stops
3: looking to score.
1: He fumbles passes at an alarming rate.
3: As an Eagles fan, it does. He
4: needs to <laughs> stop passing the ball. That's the thing. He needs to seriously stop. I think if they really want to win this series, I think the next win that they get, he's going to have to go off for 40.
1: I just, I saw, you know, our homies from Distance of Dimes. I think, uh, I think Sandy's the one that said, it's like, yo, it's all it's all nice and good, Jimmy, but like the, the 40 piece has to come. Um, you know, I, I've been listening to Roundball Rock lately. Uh, our professional screw up, Alex Toledo, turned me on to Hardball. Any of y'all listen to uh, the Hardball Rock basketball podcast?
4: No never
1: crickets kev you might like it it's pretty funny uh and they they were kind of they were talking about jimmy butler how they're like you know jimmy butler is the human embodiment of third team all nba like he is always exactly the 15th best player in the league i was like fuck that's so true you know it's like he's like third team all nba personified nothing more nothing less he's just all nba team personified uh and i think they're gonna need him to be a little more than that uh for game six. If Bam's not right, if, if they're doing this, if Jay Crowder's gonna be a no-show shooting the ball, I think that they 100 percent
2: need at least second T ball in being a Jimmy. You know what I mean, the guys? The analogy was like when the Spurs got away with Boris Dia on LeBron. Oh god. <laughs> Several years ago. Who about what? When the analogy Boris
4: Dia on on LeBron yeah. is some analogy.
2: But like the analogy to what? of Jimmy just letting not be a consistent aggressive scorer.
1: I mean, but like he would even hunt Nikias, you know, the play, I think it was in the first quarter and I swear to God, I had concerns about this. He gets Kemba on a switch. Mm -hmm. He was operating on the left side. He gets in the paint, does this little turnaround stuff. Kemba sticks at his hip. Then he pump fakes and then he hits a mid range jumper. You know the play I'm talking about? Yes. To me, that's like if you're not trying to take bully Kemba under the basket and if you're like popping and doing like all these little Kobe Bryant post moves for the mid-range jumper against Kemba Walker,
3: it's concerning. Yeah, I mean, it was basically the shot he hit over Hayward at the end of game four. The reverse pivot turnaround or whatever. It was kind of odd because he had that possession and he scored. And then he got Kimba again on the block and he did a similar thing. He kind of pumped it, then passed out of it. And I believe the Heat ended up scoring a little bit later on that possession, but it was kind of like Jimmy, you have to just put the man under the basket. But like what I don't understand with Boston on that front, and maybe it's maybe that's a calculated gamble on their front. They're not sending help to Kemba on those post-ups. They're very much, they're, it's like they're daring Jimmy to score the basketball.
1: It kind of reminds me of the way the Lakers were defending Jokic in the first two games. They were just like, all right, Dwight, this is all you, baby. Like, don't send the help, stay home. And if they're going to win that way, they win that way.
4: That's Listen, last, that's, consi- last, that's
2: consistently th- happened with Brad teams th- in the past, even with like Isaiah Thomas.
4: I think what those probably gonna to have to see in this tape is you're gonna to have to see that the heat take more advantage of those mismatches with especially on Kemba. Because that's what they were able to do the last game when they won with Tyler Hero kind of going off. And a lot of it had to do with, you know, taking over those matches when he was against Kemba. So I feel like if they really want to push this series and and actually win, they need to get Jimmy more involved with this is offensive scoring. They need to take over those matches against Kemba. And they need to get him off the floor. I mean, they had him in foul trouble, and they still kept him in the game. Had they attacked a little bit more and, and been more aggressive in the paint, they could have gone off, off the floor, and who knows what happens because he was kind of the reason why they started coming back in, in that third quarter.
1: But that guy gets cooking, gets left to right, gets in his bag, gets in his step yeah, back. I mean,
4: he, they basically were able to get every single screen, and just he was able to drive into the paint whenever he wanted to and get that mid-range off you can't really do anything if you're not switching off like they weren't they weren't trying to switch off the ice so that's another
1: thing that boston did that i thought was really interesting they they weren't switching ties as much and they were willing to have them drop and i think that really 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 made a difference uh also like he i think him helping off of bam and like you know when bam's not involved in the pick and roll uh, him helping off of Bam and, and then Hayward cutting off that easy dump-off pass. Mm-hmm. That was huge. It was a play with Tyler Hero. Uh, I wish I had the clip. I should have asked guys for it. So he, he, he beats his man, gets to the rim, Tice steps up to help, and then Gordon Hayward immediately seals off that easy dump-off pass. So Tyler Hero had to put the ball up, gets blocked by Tice. Uh, it's little things like that. I, I just I'm not too worried. I'm not too concerned. Chat makes a lot of good points, by the way. Uh, it says, "Do we blame the Marlins?" Uh, Karmic bead seven one nine three. We should absolutely blame the Marlins. This team, this town can't have two good teams. Okay, Marlins, you gotta, you gotta not be good. This is this is heat time. Okay, this, this season doesn't even count for you. It's like a million teams make the playoffs. Like, go away. Uh, also, chat. I'm not getting married. I, I will not reverse Brian's marriage I, I'm not getting married. Not during not, not in a pandemic. Crazy. Special, special- <laughs> I'm not worried. I'm not worried, but I'm also worried, Kevin. I'm. You see, you know, your, I'm your, real. Your I go text back.
2: Huh? Your text messages say differently.
1: Yeah, my text messages. I always think they're going to lose. I'm, I'm horrified. Um, Chad is asking why Solomon Hill didn't play in the second half. That's a damn good question. He gave them Nikias legitimately good defensive minutes.
2: He did.
3: That pocket I, uh, pass.
1: <laughs> I think. <laughs> I, think
2: he, I think when he was in with Iguodala, it let Boston get away with playing catcher. And maybe that's why Spo decided, okay, maybe pulling for another shooter like Olenek.
1: I'm not saying this is a perfect stat, but Solomon Hill, team high plus
3: two. Uh, that's pretty big deal. <laughs> I mean, come
1: on, I mean, team high plus two. Uh, I, think, I think Olenek playing was interesting. He only played four minutes. I wonder if they're going to go back to that. I kind of wish they did. He was one for two from three and won really nothing. If Jay's, guys, do you agree with me? If Jay's not giving you anything, Andre is completely shrinks the floor for them. You got to at least try a little bit more Atlantic.
3: Yeah. Like I feel like Jay Crowder General, he just didn't shoot the ball. Well, like I think he was fine as a defender, fine as a rebounder. Like I, I don't think he was, a. I don't think he was like a net negative on the floor. He just had, he has to make shots. I do agree that they need to go more Olympic. If, like, we've seen Grant Williams at the 5 for Boston. We've seen Robert Williams. Didn't seem like he got much playing time tonight. I don't have the box score in front of me. Um, they went to Enos Cantor again tonight. I feel like once you go to a center like Cantor or Williams, um, Cantor just can't defend in space. Robert Williams is athletic enough to do it, but he doesn't know how to navigate space yet. You have to get Kelly Olinick on the floor. I don't think you play him and Andre Iguodala at the same time because that just gives Boston the ability to kind of hide whatever center that is on Iguodala to, take, to keep them out of pick and, pick and roll. And you get into a situation like tonight where Jimmy Butler and Bam got in early foul trouble. You just needed some, you needed a little extra punch of offense. Um, Goran Dragic is there. Uh, Tyler Hero is there. But Boston is athletic enough to kind of at least make things tough for them if they kind of settle into those isolation situations. So having a guy like Kelly O'Neill to create those pick and pop opportunities, that gives them a release valve. And I think Miami needed a little bit of that tonight.
1: Well, it think it's a big adjustment. And by the way, uh, Semi Ojale, zero minutes. That's a huge loss for Miami. <laughs> Bless. Yeah, Kevin's smiling, bro. That <laughs> shit sucked. I want, I want as much. Semi Ojeley has this series as Pat Connaughton. Like, I want them on the floor when Pat Connaughton's on the floor. Semi Ojeley's on the floor. I was like, oh boy, here comes the run.
2: I saw that the Heat when Kenner checked in and was guarding Da. They had Iggy still be a scorer, and he slipped a couple times and made the right play on four on three or three on two situations, and that was kind of it. Like they just stopped doing it. Did you tell- <laughs> Listen, I the more if Canner
1: can give them good minutes, Miami, I think that has to be one of the things that Miami prioritizes when they watch film. I did not think they attack Canner as much as they should have in pick and roll. I thought he got away big time, standing like in the like standing in the corner, not doing anything on defense. I think that that's a huge win for the Celtics. He doesn't. I, I thought Jeff Van Gundy said it great on the broadcast. Like he he makes them so that Miami can't really switch that many actions if he's the screener, right? So then, you know, when they do it, Jimmy Butler was getting sealed down low, all that stuff. And then Kemba in a drop has way more space. And that's what we're scared of. We're scared of point guards that could shoot off the bounce, right? In a drop scheme. And that's what Kemba could do. And I think Bam has largely done a good job when he switches on to Kemba. Miami has been great switching on to, to him all series long. I think that they've been exceptional at that. Cannor uh, really changes that dimension, even if it's just for 10 minutes or whatever that he plays, but Miami cannot allow them to, the Celtics cannot be even in Canner minutes. It's just, it's unexcusable. I think that, you know, you can live, if Jason Tatum's going to fuck you up, whatever. If Jalen Brown's going to hit up, Jalen Brown's hitting like, Nick Asked, what was it? 58% from three said in the chat today uh, for the series. It's crazy. You know, whatever. Enos Cantor cannot
3: be fucking <laughs> surviving on the floor. Right. Yeah. You have to hammer it. It's, it's similar to the Kimba thing. You saw that in the first half of this game. I mean, but you have to bully the mismatches that you have because coming into the series, what you would see, even if you feel like Miami was going to win the series, you have to give Boston the edge in like individual shot creation. Like Boston's going to have an easier time of finding mismatches than Miami will. So awesome. a few mis- So the few mismatches that Boston concedes, you know, Kimba's small, Boston starts switching more, that's where you get Jimmy on the block. If they're going to play Enos Cantor, like, you have to hammer those to the point to where Boston has to make a it. And that, that was kind of huge. I mean, Semi Ojale didn't play tonight. Miami's pretty handily won those minutes throughout the series. Yeah. Like, whenever Boston does concede an advantage, you have to hammer it to the point to where Boston can't go to it anymore. And they didn't do that with
1: Kansas. So Brad really short on the rotation today. I mean, Brown, almost 40 minutes, 39 minutes. Tatum, 42 minutes. Uh, Marcus Smart, 40 minutes. Gordon Hayward, 30 minutes. Kemba, 28. And it would have been more if not for the foul trouble. And then, you know, Wanamaker played four. Williams, eight, right? or 10. Uh, By the way, they're losing those Williams and Wanamaker minutes. So Miami's doing a good job uh, not letting those guys play. but. And by the way, guys, that's the other angle of this series that we have not talked about, right? So Spolster's got to widen the rotation of this game. Uh, played Derek for a little bit. Played Kelly, right? He's, he's Solomon Hill. Solomon Hill, so weird. To, he's played minutes. I love it. Guy's the best. Um, if this series is going to go deep, which I don't think it will, but if it does, that's a lot of fucking minutes without this, that weird between game three and, and game four thing is gone, right? So the Celtics, if you're going to, if Brad's going to play these guys 40 minutes a game, 40 plus minutes a game, especially if they're going to take Enos Cantor out of the series, I like Miami in game seven. If we're going to, I mean, fittest, toughest, nastiest, well-conditioned team at the NBA. I don't think that's a small thing. And I think that playing, I think that Brad has done a good job of, of monitoring these guys' minutes. But if they're going to, Derek did play 17 seconds. You're right, Chad. But still, he played. And that was a stupid ass foul. I'm so sick of Derek. I'm so sick of, listen, Derek's a really nice guy. I've covered him. Super nice. I just, I don't want him around. Solomon Hill is there. We don't need Derek anymore. I kind of don't want to re sign him in the offseason. Uh, that's Bam's homeboy. They got to. So I, I really don't give a fuck at this point.
4: <laughs> Brian, so, Brian, who are you out on? I'm out on him. Okay. Uh, I want Solomon to stay just because I yeah. can keep him. He's, he's, he's a lifer. It. He's a heat beat lifer. Solomon has to stay. Uh, Myers letting me get the fuck out of here.
1: Okay, too. Meyer's gone. So so far, we have Derek and Meyer's gone. Who else is Brian uh, uh,
4: Vanishing? Honestly, UD needs to retire. Oh, Udonis is. You, yo, I got to be honest with you. Udonis is the most heart in that third quarter on the Heat. Yeah, it still <laughs> didn't fucking work. So <laughs> that, that might
2: change. So like, what done. would
3: you say to that? <laughs>
4: Yeah, they ended up losing that lead even more after that speech.
3: <laughs> I have absolutely nothing,
4: <laughs> absolutely nothing to say. All right, so up. Uh, um, no, they, your, they they need to get Casey minutes. I, they really I, I, I want to see. I want to see what he has, and, mm-hmm. and it's really important because this is he's on. I think he's on a three three year deal on a buy annual whatever. So they need to get him playing time because this rookie contract is going to be up in like two years. So they got to see what he got with him.
1: So, um, listen. Free K- we are we are first in line in the free kz movement uh i think chad's asking me to find a bubble girl to get married in this economy do you think i'm gonna go out there and date in a pandemic on bubble with fucking strangers what do you think this is who do you think i am do you think I'm- oh, yeah, yeah, i can so da-
4: get the fuck out of here too
1: you think i'm trying to endanger my family for a fling how do you think this works Yo, people! Yo, there are way too many people dating here. Uh, I see like people on my Instagram. I was like, Yo, y'all going on like dates with strangers, like like that? Is this a kind of a
3: Good yourself. time, not a long time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this one girl that I did date on Bubble, so uh, we like chat occasionally. It's, it's it's friendly and cordial, and then she's like posting, like she's tweeting about
4: a date. And I was like, Holy shit! I was like, Girl, calm down. We're all gonna die. You're gonna have a better chance of finding somebody on the Twitch stream chats.
1: Twitch stream chat, take me out. Somebody, out. we'll have a virtual date. If you want, we can have a socially distant date. Like, we'll go pull up at a, we'll, we'll, we'll go. So, Panther Coffee has, like, curbside pickup. We'll get a Panther Coffee and then just talk from our cars with masks. <laughs> but, like, we're in our cars.
4: 1159 just... says we're not going to have a team after everybody just cut.
1: Listen, <laughs> chat, Brickolo32. I've had plenty of Bumble dates. Not that they're good, but I've had them.
3: They, they just go to different schools. You
1: know. <laughs> I've had like one good Bumble date. No, it was the same girl. But like I've had like one like decent dating app experience.
4: That's Have you guys never one, date would you take me out on my first date?
2: Is this what post game shows are often like?
1: I mean, when we lose, yeah. The last time, <laughs> the last time we lost, we talked about which Nickelodeon show was better. I mean, what else? How many times can we complain oh, that, about the heat yeah, effort in the
2: third quarter? Your take was awful there.
1: Which one about Victorious? yeah that show's not better no, than that show's you're wrong you're wrong chat it's back not better than 101. Wrong.
4: nothing's better than jake and josh that is a fact
1: that's a chat oh i don't even mention that i cover basketball i actually think that's kind of embarrassing i would never do that i don't mention that i watch anime how many days, I don't, dude, I don't, dude, how many days does it
4: take does it take for you to get to anime talk?
1: oh so the, well, actually the last the last girl i dated i said on the first date uh I did tell her on the first date that I like uh, anime. Oh, but- that's
4: because I I remember you gave us her at. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I, I, and I I found ended doing yeah. some the uh, you found I found Ryan found I that found- she was
1: sympathetic to anime. So sympathetic, but I do, I normally don't, don't say I normally don't, don't say that I cover because I I'm like you know I have a Twitter account and it's like you know it's a whatever it's a Twitter account that has like a
2: a, a small but you know visible There's, following. You know yeah, what I mean? Huh? It comes down to this. It comes down to this. There's nothing more seductive than the man with a podcast.
1: No, it sounds lame, right? It's like, oh what do you do? Like, oh like, I I, um, I I work in civil engineering and I have a podcast. I have two podcasts actually. I have the animate. But Nikai, would you do you mention that you like do basketball stuff? Well you're way better at it.
4: I mean I mean it's his full time job, so I would hope so. Well now, yeah.
3: Yeah, but- that's a pretty like that's. A, I mean, yeah, that's a pretty. How big many part dates of like before like you I've mentioned that someone. you
1: the, that you're a member of Miami Heatbeat?
3: Like, I mean, that's all part of the conversation of what I do. It's tell them what I do, and they're like, "Okay, where do you do it?" And it's like, "Okay, these are the places that I write slash pod for." Like, that's just all part of the same conversation. Do, do people I, think it's cool? Well, I, mean, I I mean, it's kind of skewed for me because, like, I generally go for women that enjoy sports slash basketball. So that kind of mutual interest has to be there.
1: Have Have you ever met somebody in the wild, like not from Twitter, but like just like out in the open that knows who you are?
3: Uh, I don't think so. Like, I mean, I've had someone recognize me from Twitter, but like, I don't think. Cause you're at that just, point
1: i actually have a friend that i didn't know like liked basketball and i found out that he liked basketball and i i because like he had like a private like personal account that's like small and i saw i was like what you fall into kaius so he's like oh yeah that guy's awesome i go oh that guy's my friend oh shit really he's really smart he's way smarter than you i was like yeah i know uh,
2: thanks, we're is approaching oh the- <laughs> uh, who, who's that Cairns in paris guy
1: Who's that? <laughs> that's a great name. It's like that's been your best Twitter name ever.
3: Yeah, like I just I just can't change it now. Nah, Girl. you
2: can't. It's it's too good, especially if they win the title with that. It's the second best is Iman's old app.
3: Correct.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yo, there, are some, there are some inside ass jokes in the chat that are really funny. <laughs> Ask her if she likes Shimbo. That is that is most that might be the most inside thing ever said on this podcast. Um I am a Do member you- of the Deuces Podcast. Actually, the Deuces podcast kicked me out for embezzling of money. Uh, Isaac talked me into it, and Justice and Jordy, and it didn't work. So yeah, that's what these post game shows delve into uh, after losses. So,
3: uh,
4: <laughs> all right, Nikai, what's the one adjustment Miami has to make if they really
3: want to win? On this our way series? out, Ooh, buddy. Uh, they have to hammer. They have to hammer these uh, mismatches. Like if cancer's going to play, put them in drop. Put Kelly Olenek out there. Make them defend in space. If Kim was on the floor, attack them on the block and go quick. Like Miami played with a poor pace in the second half. They got to play. They got to get into their stuff early. Force those rotations. Get good looks. Uh, beyond that, like make threes. That would solve a lot of their problems. Get buckets. There you go.
2: I have a non basketball question. Yes, we love. So, those. who does Jimmy primarily sell his coffee to?
1: It's Goron, one hundred percent Goron.
2: Okay, so I'm guessing. It's just teammates. It's not like bubble staff. It's not. I mean,
1: there's nobody left in the bubble. Who's who's okay. there left to sell to? He shouldn't sell the Celtics. Okay. How much of a capitalist
2: is Jimmy no, that he'd sell thinking, to the enemy? I'm thinking like, what if he sells coffee to the Celtics and like sneaks in laxatives into the coffee or something?
1: Do you think there are people that want like milk substitute? You know, like I won't drink whole milk with my latte anymore. Like I'm just I'm not a heathen, right? It's almond or coconut all the way. Uh, oat if I'm feeling fancy. Do you think Jimmy has? See, if
4: we get Solomon Hill, these are the things we need to ask. Solomon, does Jimmy have I already milk? Have one que- I already have one question for Solomon whenever he's Chat. on the pod. I need to ask. I need, we need to ask Solomon next time he's on the pod if Spo has brought up the burn a boat story at all. Oh, is, is next game a burning of the – it think- has to be the burn a boat story. That has to be it before the game.
1: No, but the, the thing – That'll be the, the first time he'll hear it, right? I think that we are burning boats prematurely. I think that the burning of the boat should only be for elimination games. I think that burning of the boat when you're up 3-0, like we were doing against Milwaukee, that's bullshit. We don't have to burn the boats yet. You know what I mean? You burn the boats when you're facing elimination. Well,
4: we got to burn boats next
1: game. No, we don't.
4: That's not a burning of the boats game. It's going to feel like one. Listen,
1: chat, what do you mean that's the whitest thing? I'm, that's, I'm Colombian, Okay. We, we take coffee seriously. I'm Colombian and Italian. By the way, I'm not even going to say my hot take on Cuban coffee. I'll say that. If we lose again, I'll say that after the next loss. <laughs> you, you're not. You guys aren't ready for my Cuban coffee
4: takes. What? Bustello?
1: Uh So, chat's asking what the burn the boat story is. So, uh, is it Pat or Spo? Who tells the story, Brian? It's Pat.
4: It's Pat. So, uh, Pat Riley talks it's about. It's Pat and then it's been handed down to Spo. It's like, it's like your grandpa that tells you a story and then you tell it to your kid one day.
1: It's a hand-me-down, ass cliche story that Pat Riley told uh, his team, and then Eric Spilcher, now coach, tells the team where uh, it's about Spanish conquistadors that came to do uh, to do to do colonization stuff, right? So they get to the island uh, or Florida or wherever the fuck they got to, and uh, and they are they are ready to colonize, right? And then the the, the the conquistadors are like they're in battle, and the general says we need to burn our boats. And they said, well, why do we need to burn our boats? Because we fight or we die. So there's no way home. We have to win because we can't retreat. So Pat Riley tells this in a sort of motivational boost to the team, uh, which I've heard players have – I think this, wait, wait said he falls asleep or he's like, Coach, you've told this one before. Uh, so, <laughs> so he Twitter has appropriated the burn the boat story, and we just tweet burning boats facing elimination.
4: Didn't the, is, 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 I mean, didn't, didn't Coach Tony tell us that at the end of that story? Didn't everybody die?
3: <laughs> I was about to say, the backstory on this doesn't sound great.
2: I remember.